Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I don't like locks. Never did. For those of you who don't know what locks is, locks is smoked salmon. I don't like whitefish either or herring. And this, when I was a child and growing up, and even now sometimes, depending on the place you are or the home you go to, validates the fact that you are not really Jewish. Because, as you know, Jews from all over the world, it doesn't matter where they are from, they identify themselves to some extent with their foods. But it isn't just that. I also, and those of you who know me know this, have no financial acumen whatsoever. I haven't followed the stock market for a single day in my life. And when people explain to me about such things, no matter how simple the explanation, I don't understand. Now you get to a more difficult stereotype. It's one thing to say you're Jewish and you don't like locks. But all of a sudden you are treading on very sensitive territory when you say I'm Jewish and I don't understand money. Because here, we come to the question of, can you characterize groups? And what does it mean to belong to a group? And how do other people see groups? Because we live in an age in which what is loosely called identity politics is so rife and so rampant. And this week in the Torah portion, we have matot, which means tribes, and Masai, which means journeys. And the question in part is, do you take your journey as part of a group or do you take your journey as an individual? And what I want to suggest this morning is something that was once said by the physicist Niels Bohr when he said a profound truth can often be something that is the opposite of another profound truth. So here are my true profound truths. Groups matter a lot and groups don't matter at all. Let me explain. Is my group important to me? My group here being Jewish? It's not even fair to call it a group. It's my orientation and my history and my learning and my love and my people and so much. It means so much to me that it is bound up in my self-identification. I cannot imagine being other than a Jew. And so my group, in some sense, means everything to me. Now, I belong to other groups. I belong to those for example, who like this or don't like that or watch this or read this. But my identity is most deeply intertwined with being Jewish. And do groups sometimes have characteristics? Yes, although they change over time. It's hard to say that one group consistently has one characteristic forever and ever and ever. 
I certainly don't think, for example, that the Israelites, as they marched through the desert, shared all the same group characteristics as the Jews of Los Angeles and the Jews of Jerusalem and the Jews of Paris and the Jews of St. Petersburg and the Jews of medieval times. Because time and condition change. How you feel, how you react, what you do. There are continuities, of course, but also similarity, but also differences. And yet, as I said at the beginning, any assumption that you make about a group applied to an individual might mean nothing. If someone ever said to me something so foolish and prejudiced as you're a Jew, you must understand money. Or something as equally perhaps foolish, but not so invidious and malicious as you're a Jew, you must like locks. I would say to them, wrong on both counts, equally wrong. And therefore, when you say, as a Jew, I want to make the comment there is some justification for it, but not as much as people think. Because individuals are the unit by which we measure character and goodness. And a point of view, its rightness or wrongness does not, in fact, depend on the identity of the person who enunciates it. There have been significant scholars of Judaism who aren't Jewish. There still are. Of the Bible, even more improbably, of the Talmud. When we entered rabbinical school, don't think they still give this out, but they did. They gave the book of Herman Strack on the Talmud, a non-Jewish scholar. And nobody said, why should I believe anything this guy says? After all, he's not Jewish. Because the views you enunciate are not dependent on the person you are. And that's where the group dynamic and the group identity and the group politics falls down. It isn't the groups don't matter. They matter a lot. I remind you again how often Jews will say something like, when I talk about what happened to the Jewish people in the 20th century, understand that I speak as the child or the grandchildren or whatever of survivors or somebody who is in the Jewish tradition and therefore lost our people. It matters. It doesn't mean your view is right. You can be wrong no matter who you are. Because the essential unit of the human being is the individual soul. And when you meet someone from any group, no matter what group or race or ethnicity or country or language, you don't know about that person until you know that person. George Bernard Shaw, the Irish playwright, once said, nobody knows me as well as my tailor because he measures me anew each time he meets me. 
people change and they grow and you don't know them until you know them and you know them at that moment. And you give them the same right that you give yourself to change and to grow. I didn't tell you anything in this sermon that you didn't know. As Samuel Johnson wisely said, we require more often to be reminded than to be informed. I just want to remind all of us that groups matter, but they're not determinative of anything. It's why prejudice against groups is ultimately so foolish. Because characteristics are not fixed things that groups of people have forever and ever. They change and shift and grow as the society opens or closes or gives opportunities or doesn't. In our day, we face a tremendous danger of different groups being unable to speak to each other because they're different groups. Because they hold certain ideas about one another, certain prejudices about one another, sometimes hatreds of one another. And to remember that though we may be matot, though we may be tribes, we are also Masay, those on a journey, is the way that we can overcome this tremendous obstacle that prevents us from seeing another person that instead sees them only as an example of something because no human being is just an example of something. Remember that Adam comes before Abraham. The human being comes before the Jew. The human being comes before any race, religion, creed, color, before anything, is the human being, the human soul, the image of God. When you see someone else, that's what you should see first. There before me is God's image on earth, a human face, now, Let me learn about them. Let me understand them. Let me try to help them understand me. And maybe, maybe, if we do that, we will make the world a slightly kinder and more peaceful place. Shabbat Shalom.